Unfortunately, we got another grim reminder of how little sports really does matter today. The Chiefs victory parade marred by a death, shooting, uh, let's see, 15 injured, one dead, three in critical condition, two people uh, in custody. Uh, just horrific circumstances, uh, ruining obviously a lot more than a parade today in Kansas City. So for what it's worth, all our prayers to everybody and well wishes to everybody in Kansas City. Chiefs fans are not. Uh, that said, interesting 49er news today. The Kyle Draper in Denver, Whitey Gleason here in Sacramento. I guess I should have known this was coming, uh, Kyle, but I was still a little surprised. Uh, Steve Wilkes out. He's gone. Yeah. Steve Wilkes uh, fired. Well, actually, what uh, Kyle Shanahan said, and we have Kyle Shanahan's statement right here, says they agreed uh, to part ways. Here's Kyle Shanahan on the move. I know we got together yesterday, but there's a couple things yesterday that um, – wasn't ready to talk about yet because I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go. But I'm um, sleeping on this for a few nights and um, trying to make come up with a few tough decisions. But this morning I um, relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Um, Going to end up making a change here, defensive coordinator. And um, really tough decision because really um, says nothing about Steve as a man or as a football coach. I mean, he's exactly what we wanted as a man. Uh, he is a great football coach. Um, but just where we're going and where we're at with our team um, from a scheme standpoint and things like that, um, looking through it all throughout the year through these last few days, um, I felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. And even though it was one I didn't want to make, um, it was something that um, once I realized that I think a different direction was best for our organization, um, then it's something that I have to do. So uh, I let him know this morning, and I know I wasn't able to let you guys know yesterday because – I wasn't sure about it yesterday, um, but I am now, and um, that's the case, and want to let you guys know firsthand. Hard decision in Kyle Draper. Obviously, it doesn't look good. does not look good, and there's so many levels and layers I want to go uh, with this. First of all, it seems to me like Steve Wilkes is being made the scapegoat uh, for the Niners' shortcomings uh, this season and for not getting it done. And I'll tell you, Whitey, and, and, you know, Jay's there as well, uh, you know, if he wants to weigh in. I watched the Super Bowl, and I sat there in the first half, and I thought Steve Wilkes is doing a hell of a job. Like, I thought, you know, Steve Wilkes and that defense did great. And then in the second half, obviously, there were some changes that were made, some calls I didn't agree with. But, you know, I didn't think defense necessarily was the reason that they lost the game. I mean, you played a Super Bowl in which your offense only scored 19 points in regulation. Where was the offense? Where was the second half offense? You know, mm-hmm. like, and it, to me, and, you know, I read this article on ESPN uh, that they wrote when Shanahan talked about, you know, he wanted uh, sort of the same system that Salah had run, that D'Amico Ryans had run, and that it was going to be a challenge for Steve Wilkes because that wasn't his system. Well, why'd you hire the man in the first That's place? That's a then? great question. Right? That's like, a great it, question. So, so ultimately, you know, to me, if, if Steve Wilkes is going to be the scapegoat, then Kyle Shanahan should be the scapegoat for the 28-3 debacle against the Patriots uh, back in the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan should, should be the scapegoat uh, for this past weekend when the offense petered out and only scored 19 points in regulation, 22. In today's NFL, 22 points is not a lot of points. And so you're the off- you can't fire the offensive coordinator, I guess, right? Kyle, I, I don't know. 
this is a, a scapegoat move. And, you know, and I understand Steve Wilkes had his shortcomings. The defense was up and down. But you shouldn't have put Steve in this position in the first place then. I agree with you. Uh, it didn't help him either that Bosa said this after the game. This is a quote. He said, the zone read got us a couple of times. We could have been more prepared there. We have to know in crucial situations who's going to have the ball. Obviously, it's him. He's talking about Mahomes. He had a scramble down the middle on that last drive. Uh, uh, Obviously, we could get them back. We would have been uh, if we would have been more prepared. So, I mean, Bosa took shots, undermined the coordinator on top of everything else. I'm not saying that's why he was fired, but that certainly didn't help. I agree with you, and Jay and I were just talking about this. They shouldn't have ever hired Steve Wilkes, you know, and he was in the booth, and they brought him down from the booth. Uh, the statistics were down this year defensively. He had no chance, and you're, I agree with you. They should have never hired him in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I, I co- ahead, complete. Oh, I was going to say completely agree. I think uh, would I echo what both of you guys are saying. You know, we've talked about Steve Wilkes and nauseam here. We especially when Whitey, as you just touched on it, where it went from he was up in the booth to now he needs to be on the sideline. And oh, you know. Steve came out with some erroneous, you know, reason why he came down to the sideline. Well, we all knew, point blank period. Fred Warner and Greenlaw and a couple of those guys pretty much said that, you know, we feed off that. We wanted that. We wanted to have someone, you know, eye-to-eye contact. And so I'm with you. I think it's one of those things where, you know, he probably shouldn't have been hired. This wasn't his scheme. He kind of came in to fit in. And the other part of that, too, Drapes, is – Something that, you know, you kind of touched on as well is I thought the Super Bowl was one of his best games of the season. That's what I'm saying. I truly do. But I also, on the opposite side, that kind of lets me know. And the fact that they kind of got there despite him in many ways as well, too. And so I I think the writing was on the wall. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Shanahan was, well, I don't think he ever really had faith in uh, Wilkes and believed in him, but I, you know, as overall the defense played well in the Super Bowl, but I don't think they were happy with the way the defense finished on that last drive. Um, and the thing that that bothers me the most is, you know, Steve Wilkes was a coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He was there a year. They weren't good, and they fired him after one year um, mm-hmm. because they brought in Kingsbury and they brought in, uh, in you know, Murray. Yeah. And that was not fair. It's like, man, guy just he was there one right. year. So then he, I just feel like I understand what went into this, and there was no way. If, it's kind of like with the Jimmy G thing. He was never Kyle's guy, and Kyle's just not – he's going to make a move, but it's just really unfortunate because Steve Wilkes did do some good things. This was a bad fit, and the look now is like they're pointing the finger. Well, that's why we lost the Super Bowl, and that's very unfortunate, and it's not fair. Uh, you know what, guys? And, and this, I, I defended Shanahan, Kyle, you know, the last couple of days, but I'm starting to question, is he the guy? Hmm. I, I, I really am, because if you want to blame it on Steve Wilkes, okay, I, I get it. But to fire the man after one year tells me you made a mistake hiring him. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? And so here you have this Maserati, this Porsche of a defense, and you hire a bus driver basically to come drive. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, it, you, you, you got a this A regional Porsche. transit guy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> You got the train conductor to come right. and drive it, drive it. And so who's ultimately it comes down to Kyle Shanahan because he's the CEO. He's the guy. He's the guy running the organization in terms of, you know, what we see on the field. He brought in Steve Wilkes. I, I, I think, you know what, I gave him a pass the other day, but I'm going to have to take that back now. 
Because to me, by getting rid of Steve Wilkes and admitting that Steve wasn't this system guy that you, you brought him in to be, that shows me you made a mistake. And Niners fans, I don't know how we feel, but you scored 19 points in the regulation in the Super Bowl. Yeah, You're supposed to be some offensive genius. You're supposed to be some offensive guru. And you only score 19 points? And I understand the Chiefs' defense is good. I understand they're real good. But you scored zero in the third. You scored nine points in the fourth quarter. You scored one touchdown in the second half. Come on. You know what the perfect solution to all this is? And it's not going to help Steve Wilkes. Yeah. But the 49ers have run kind of a cover three, a Seattle system. And that wasn't Steve Wilkes' no. defense. It Far wasn't a system. Right. Yeah. But there is a guy who's available now, if I'm not mistaken, who's pretty familiar Uh-oh. with the Seattle system. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Bring in Pete. <laughs> Defensive coordinator Pete Carroll returning to San Francisco. That'll never happen. You know, there, <laughs> it, it's funny you say that because when you really sit down and look around, there are some defensive-minded guys. Yeah. Vrabel. Vrabel. Vrabel's out yeah. there. You know, a lot of Belichick's people. Belichick's a pretty Belichick, good defensive Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I think, and, and Drapes, I, I think you're spot on, and you're saying what some of the, you know, the the detractors of which uh, of Shanahan is saying is when you really sit down and look, the one common key to all the losses for the 49ers in the big games is Shanahan, and right. nine times out of ten it's right. the offense or it's a move. And I said it yesterday, it's a you didn't pull the string on this play or that drive, yeah. or you missed opportunity to save some time here, or you, you got too stagnant there, you got too conservative you know, during this half. It's always based around Shanahan and the move of hiring Steve Wilkes. And, of course, you know, Sala and D'Amico Ryans and those guys moving on, you can't do nothing about that. I'm pretty sure he would love to, you know, retain those guys. But yeah. the fact that you tried to slip a, you know, a square peg into a round hole and now you're backpedaling, it, it is on you. Yeah, they'll probably we have to hire somebody in house. Oh it's yeah, it's the only counter yeah. to we. Yeah. We fired this guy because he's not a good fit. Well, then you better bring or a big in. name. Yeah, well, or a big yeah, name. maybe if it's if yeah, it's, yeah. But then a big name. Shanahan's looking over his shoulder. Yeah, and I, I can't see Vrabel or um, Belichick coming in and just taking orders from Kyle Shanahan. I just can't see it. Yeah, right, but Pete'll do it. Which may <laughs> what which may say he's growing. <laughs> which may say Shanahan is he's developed some growth there. Uh, we take a quick time out. We've got Scott Hastings, uh, Nuggets TV analyst, coming up. How healthy are the Nuggets uh, tonight? Why, that's a good question. Next with Scott Hastings, Drive Guys, Sackdowns. Kings need a win. They're in Denver tonight. Kyle Draper's in Denver now, and so is our next guest, of course. Outstanding uh, Nuggets TV analyst, talk show host, 11-year NBA veteran, Scott Hastings with us. Scott, thank you so much for your time. If I may, sir, I want to start out with a kind of a Silly question today, since it's Valentine's Day and you play 11 years in the league, you're a very physical player. What opponent that you played against is least likely to send Scott Hastings a Valentine's card today? Uh, well, I can tell you a funny story. Oh, did we lose Scott Hastings? Oh, the story. Yeah. 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 Uh, 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 yes, sir. Yeah. Go ahead. We're having a little bit of an issue. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah. Are we good, uh, Jay? Yeah, we're good. Go ahead, sir. All right. So these two gentlemen that are involved in the story have both passed away, and uh, one of them was an outstanding human being. But I was talking to Craig Sager one time. We were partners in a little sports bar in Atlanta, 
And he goes, man, what did you do to Daryl Dawkins? <laughs> and I go, I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I was, I was talking to him. And he was asking, I was talking about the bar, and I, I mentioned your name. And he said, man, if I knew, if I knew where he kept his money, I'd go there and burn every single dollar he had because I hate that guy. So probably if Daryl was still alive, I don't know if we would have made up by now or not. But huh. I think I think I'm not sure Daryl liked me much. <laughs> that's 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 a great story, uh, Scott. Is Kyle Draper? How would you fit in in today's game uh, with a, a lot of buddy buddy ball? Everybody's shaking and kissing after games. How would you fit in in today's game? Well, I'd probably make a lot more money and have uh, uh, better numbers on my. My stat card, uh, to be honest with you, uh, you got a guy there in, in Sacramento that I think I'd probably play a little bit like, but I'd be right-handed. Um, the funny thing is, when I got out of college, and I remember sitting down with Johnny Bach, he was one the one few yes. guys he was with Golden State. Yeah, came to talk to me, and he goes, "You know, Scott, uh, the only the only knock we have on you guys is, or on you is that you might be a little bit of a finesse player." <laughs> And, and you know, you like to shoot jumpers, and, you know, we'd like to see you rebound a little more. And I'm like, well, I averaged 8.6 rebounds. I also had two guards on that team by the name of Daryl Walker and Alvin Robertson, and, and those two guys averaged over six rebounds a game each also. And I'm like, well, I'm getting as many as I can. Them two guys want to get us so and go down and shoot a layup. But, uh yeah, I was considered a finesse guy in college, and I, I realized real quickly my rookie year in New York playing for Hubie Brown that uh, their ideas of 6'10", 240-pound guys wasn't back screening and stepping out to shoot a jump shot. It was kind of <laughs> pounding people. And so I figured I had two choices, digging ditches, uh, or three choices, digging ditches, hauling sheetrock, or trying to be a tough guy in the NBA, and uh, the NBA at that time paid a little better. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, Scott Hastings with us. People, you mentioned Domas, and people here talk a lot about how he's, you know, he doesn't seem to get the recognition he deserves, the credit he deserves. Can we say the same thing about Jamal Murray? I know he's a different kind of, kind of player, but he seems to me to be vastly underrated. Well, I, there was an article I read in The Athletic today. I, you know, he averaged, what, 26 six and five or 26, five and six in, in the NBA finals yeah. to win an NBA championship. And everybody tends to forget about that. Yeah. Uh, he's, he is a, he, he's kind of the heart and soul of, of the Nuggets team and, and doesn't look like he's going to play tonight, but he's kind of that heart and soul guy for the, the Nuggets team. Um, and they miss a lot when he's gone, but I, I think it's, you know, it's a bonus, maybe a little bit like that, in the in the sense that that what Fox brings every night is so so louder, right? I mean, it's it's now he's making threes. Remember, he couldn't shoot his his first couple of years in the league. Now he's making threes, and he's still one of the fastest guys in the league. And he's a great finisher, and he's just he he's, he plays a loud game. And Sabonis just gets you double doubles every night. Oh, here by the way, let me throw a triple double tonight because we're making shots. Um, he may always be like that. I get. I tell you what, he'll play 15 years like that, and he'll make a whole lot of money like that. Uh, and I know this. There's there's talking heads like us 
you know, they do talk radio shows and, and everything else, lose sight of guys like this. I, I, I would tell you this, and Nikola Jokic, for a guy who's won two MVPs and a, and a finals MVP, it is underappreciated by the rest of the, the league also. They, they think, oh, it's just numbers, it's just whatever, whatever. But listen, I, hey, I love Sabonis. When you guys got Sabonis from that trade in Indy, I went, oh, man. That that was legit trade. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, Fox is one of my favorite players. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. Mike Brown, he and I used to hang out when he started in Denver. I was still calling the games, and he was the video coordinator for the Nuggets. Wow. Um, and so we we hung out. In fact, he was he was I believe working for the team in that uh, 90, 94 season where, where the first time an eight beat a number one, he oh, was the video man. guy, I think on that, on that, on that squad. So um, I, I like everything you guys do. You seem to be doing it the right way. And I know if, if Mike Brown stays there, that, that franchise will do it the right way. In my opinion. Mm, good stuff from Scott Hastings right there. 11 year NBA vet. You can hear him on the Nuggets broadcast. Uh, Scott, when you look at, uh, you know, where your team is right now, we got the All-Star break. I-, I maintain, when I look at my Sacramento Kings, the All-Star break can't come soon enough. Do you feel like you guys need a break Ooh. right now to get healthy, to get uh, regroup and-, and get set for that stretch run? Well, basically, for the third game in a row, we're going to be playing without 40% of our starting lineup. Mm. And, and the success of this team – and probably even in the postseason last year, is the starters, when they're all together and their minutes are up and everything's going good, they're as good of a starting five, as cohesive of a starting five as anybody. Um, and if there's been a weak part of this team in the first 50-some games, it's that the bench is not developed. you got a lot of young guys, you know, that, that you're trying to – you know, bring along. You're trying to get Strother to get the confidence. Peyton Watson to get confidence. Christian Brown doing doing what Christian Brown does without Bruce Brown beside him. And it's and it's it's a true work in progress. But you're fortunate you can survive it because you've got a starting five. Well, when you lose tonight, it looks like Jamal Murray and KCP out again. That means you got to move guys up. Uh, in Milwaukee the other day, your backup point guard was a two-way player. And that's no knock on Colin Gillespie, but there's a big difference between NBA you know, point guards, NBA backup point guards, and two-way players with the G League. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a leap, right? That, mm-hmm. it, that, yeah. That's a big leap. So it's good for experience. I'm with you guys. I, I, my, my freshman year of college, we're running wind sprints after one of our first practices, right? And, you know, I'm coming from high school where you might run one or two. Well, we ran about 30 minutes of, of, of these wind sprints. And I run the first one, I almost win. And then one other group goes, okay, first we're back on the line. I'm going, what? <laughs> run another one. And I'm, and I'm slowly, slowly, slowly just dying and, and getting slower. And, I, you know, I went from first or second to – fourth or fifth to seventh to last. I, I mean, I'm dead by the end of, end of the time we're running it. And, and one of the assistant coaches go, it looks like Scott spent all of his money at the first candy store. <laughs> and I look at Denver beat the Lakers before we played you guys in a back-to-back. 
And it was an emotional game. It's yeah. Kobe Bryant night. You know, yeah. the Lakers and Denver have a little history now uh, with, with sweeping them in the postseason last year. And so it was a mostly filled game. Well, since then, it's like they spent all their money in the last game yeah. in that candy store <laughs> yeah. because they didn't have much in Sacramento, didn't have much in Milwaukee. Let's see if they can find, you know, just enough for one more game to get to that all-star break. Scott Hastings is with us. And as you say, obviously, uh, the calculus changes if you don't have your starting guards. Uh, and you explained some of this with your answer there about the last time Denver was here. But Kings have been up and down, but they've played well consistently against Denver. Why have the Kings been such a tricky matchup for the Nuggets? Um. Well, there's history with our coach and your franchise. There's history with your coach and my, our coach. Yeah. There's history with your point guard and our point guard. Uh, and I'm not saying all this is bad history, other mm-hmm. than maybe Sacramento Malone. But, right, yeah. right. But, uh, <laughs> you, you know, when 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 you got a guy from Kentucky playing against a guy from Kentucky, it, it gives you a little juice. And, you know, I think Sabonis – even though he played college ball here, still kind of considered a Euro, if you will, and you're going against, you know, maybe the top Euro, top big in the league. I think he's always a little extra juice when he plays us. Hmm. Um, I don't know. And, you know, some some teams some teams just play well against other teams, I guess. And, and I'll be honest with you, Murray said it in an interview with uh, – uh, one of the big writers, uh, I read it today, and, and basically said, man, we're getting everybody's best game right now. And I think that surprised them a little bit because we'll see teams, you go and, and, and they'll play great. Milwaukee played great against us, and then they lose the next two games. <laughs> You're yeah, like, yeah, what? Yeah. What, what, what are you doing? So, and that is, there is something about that. Um, I covered the Broncos for a lot of years, and you win a Super Bowl that next year, Every game you play, all 17 weeks, you're playing a Super Bowl game because everybody wants to say they beat the champs. Um, and I think Denver, you know, that that's a mental thing because, you know, we're teams, and George Carl used to always say this, there's, there's five or six times a year that, that you have no shot, right? They're, they're, there's no shot. They're the, the mentally gone, mentally tired, mentally fatigued. You know, I thought that was that game in Sacramento. I didn't like mm-hmm. going into that game. Um, but when you're the champ, that's every night. That right. that is every night, and I think that's I think that's where not. I think this is a mental. It's a physically tired team, but I think this team tired mentally also in these six or seven days will be really helpful. I think. Scott Hastings joining us. Scott, you know, uh, often you know when we talk about this Kings team. We sort of compare it to Denver a few years ago uh, as Calvin Booth and, and everybody started building it. Can you speak to the patience the organization had and how they slowly just started adding pieces around Jamal Murray and Jokic and, and then finally it pays off? How, how patient do you think the organization and the fan base had to be as they grew this? Well, you guys know this This with every sport. The, the, every Every sports league – is a copycat to success. Um, and I, I not only you guys, I mean, look what Oklahoma City's doing. I think, I think uh, San Antonio's going to fall now back, back into, that, into that mode also. I said, let's, let's draft well, especially when we got these high drafts. Uh, Murray was a seven, I think. They got Michael Porter at 14. Joker yeah. was, and they got, let's be honest, 
you get an all-world player at 41, uh, yeah. pretty lucky, right? <laughs> yeah. although, although, think about it, San Antonio got Ginobili at number at number 60. I think he or 59 or 60 in, in that draft. He's a Hall of Fame player. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think you're, I think Sacramento, and, and listen, you, listen, you guys have been around that area for, for a lot longer covering the game or covering them than I do, but – they were an impatient franchise for a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. After, after kind of the the Weber years, um, the Adelman coached years, it seems like they lost their way for a while. Yes. And it was, let's hurry up and fix this thing quickly. Um, you make a good, solid trade with Sabonis, who's still a young guy, and, and everything else you got are, are just solid draft picks. That rookie, I don't remember his name right now, that, that that started in that game the night, man, I love that kid. You, I mean, and that's how you do it because you know what? <clears throat> now you're going to be in the playoffs for the next ten years, twelve years, and, and who knows if, if a couple of those late first, mid first guys really blow up? I mean, you could vie for a championship. Um, Oklahoma City's in the same boat. I mean, they're they're drafting well, and they've got a lot of draft picks, and it's going to be interesting, man. It you know. It's going to be real interesting over the next decade, if you will, uh, watching Sacramento, watching Oklahoma City, you know, watching some of these other teams that are doing it kind of the old-fashioned way. And, and, and maybe finally Sacramento's learned its lesson and say, hey, let's grow. Let's get a coach we trust. And I'm telling you, you've got to go with him, Mike Brown. Let's get a coach we trust, and let's let the team grow with him. And they did that with Malone. I mean, there was rumblings about Malone after getting knocked out of the playoffs a couple of years ago, and that was when Murray was hurt. Mm-hmm. Your, your second-best player doesn't even play in the playoffs, and they go, well, they should have played better. You played Golden State as well as anybody that year, and they won the championship. What do you, I know it was first round, but you played them as well as anybody played them, and you didn't have Jamal Murray. So, yeah, it, it's it's good, and I hope I hope this is a trend that sticks uh, not every team and not every fan base has that uh, or, or an ownership group that, that has it. I think the Cronkies that own the Broncos or the Nuggets, I mean, they they get it and they want long-term success, and they've been patient. They've done it the right way. Well, Keegan Murray appreciates the kind words, Scott Hastings, and we very much appreciate Dude, your time. That's yeah. his name. Hey, that, I'll tell you what, man. I love that cat. Yeah. I forgot Murray. That's right. That hey, that guy could play, man. I I whew. Man, he he I'm gonna tell you, he's the prototype of what every team is looking for. Six six, six eight, long, lanky, can shoot it, man. I love that kid. He's a good one. Thank you, Scott. We can't tell you how much we appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the break. We hope to talk to you again soon. All right, my friends. We'll talk to you later. All right, Scott. Take care, man. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day from Scott Hastings. We'll take a time out. Uh, Coming back with Mike Brown versus the officials round two. Who gets the nod this time with the Drive Guys? Sacktown Sport. Well, we just got some, uh, not the way you want to get it, but some potentially good news for the Kings tonight. Drive Guys here. Drapes is in Denver getting ready for the Kings and the Nuggets. And we just talked to Scott Hastings, and turns out the Nuggets are without their two starting guards. Might, might, might be they'll be shorthanded tonight, Kyle. Who's that? Is that, is that Scott Hastings? That's a dead-on Scott Hastings. Is he back Hastings. on with us? That is, yeah. <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's awesome. I uh, can't remember that dude's name. Yeah, Keegan Murray, that's the dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, uh, looks like they may be without their starting backcourt tonight. Yeah, exactly. I'm checking the latest uh, injury report. Just came out uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, let's see what we got here. The Dallas Ma- – I mean, the uh, Denver Nuggets. Uh, both guys still listed as questionable. Uh, Jamal Murray and mm-hmm. KCP. And remember, we caught them uh, slipping a little bit on Friday also. No MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. or KCP That's last right. week. That's so, right. Hey, you know what? I don't care. You get the win. <laughs> I don't care who's playing. You could bring in uh, Scott Hastings, Bill Hanslick, Alex Angels. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care who's Bill on the floor Hanslick. tonight. <laughs> Remember that? I do. I do. <laughs> I'm going way back. Right? But, no, this game, I don't care, you know, who's on the floor for Sacramento, uh, uh, for Denver. The Kings need this win, and if they get this win, it's a big win in my opinion. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I hope they don't play Jamal Murray and uh, KCP. I will say the Kings did a great job on Murray uh, last week, you know, that Friday game. And so uh, we'll see what happens, man. I'm, I'm monitoring the uh, injury report, and as mm-hmm. soon as something happens, I'll let you know. So if Coach Malone is talking to his team tonight, and he has to get them ready to play without their starting guards, who does he tell him's not coming through that door? Does he go, hey, Fat Lever's not coming through yeah. that door. <laughs> Bill Hanslick is not coming through that door <laughs> right. tonight, fellas. Exactly. <laughs> Fat Lever. Oh, my gosh. We're going back right there. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that's the pep talk I'm giving. But they still got the Joker. They still got the Joker, though. He He's going to be coming through this door. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that matchup between him and Sabonis. Sabonis got the better of him last yeah. week on, on Friday. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that one tonight. Is a back-to-back even tougher when you're playing at altitude? I would have to think so. Yes, yes. And, and did you? And I wanted to ask uh, Scott this. We, we didn't have the time, but did you see LeBron's out tonight against Utah? So LeBron James, second night of a back-to-back, hmm. not going to play tonight against Utah. And then um, uh, um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, Tom Haberstroh up there in Portland. Yeah, he did a study and he said the two teams that star players sit out the most against are the Utah Jazz uh, and the Denver Nuggets. And I wonder if altitude has something to do with yeah. it. Yeah. First of all, you had a late game last night in Phoenix. Remember, it was an 8 o'clock start in Phoenix. Right. So we didn't get to the hotel till 2.45 a.m. Denver time. And so uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if the guys are gassed a little bit and you're playing at altitude. It, it would be a tough game tonight. Woo! That's why I say when all the cards, when the decks seem stacked against the Kings, that's when you know they're going to come through when you think there's no way they win tonight. Whoa, what happened? Exactly, and uh, I'm excited, man. I hope they win. It's interesting. I'm watching uh, some of the guys warm up. There's five on five going on right now. You got Colby Jones, Kessler Edwards out there. You got Chris Duarte out there, and you also have – uh, the new guy, Mason Jones ah. from the Stockton Kings. I guess he flew out, and so he's going through a five-on-five workout, and so we might see him uh, tonight at some point. All right, so at least we know Duarte is uh, available, ready to go. Yes. Yeah, yep. so that's yeah he's something. looking good. Yep, he's out here, I mean, and it's a full five-on-five. Like, they're going at it out here. Trey Lyles, questionable, although I did see Trey uh, earlier today. What happens when a guy is sick? They sort of isolate them. Sure. You know, they, they don't want them around none of the players, don't want them around anybody. Trey was around everybody today, so that that's an encouraging sign. I hope he gets to play tonight. Yeah, that reminds me. I may have told this story before. Pardon me if I have, but Harold Presley, Harold Presley told me this story. Uh, 
later in his run as a king, he's playing for Mata, and Mata just wouldn't play him. And so Harold would show up, you know, at the arena game day, and he's like, I got to get my conditioning in. So he's running stairs, up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs, hours before the game. Then game time starts, Presley, you're guarding Barkley tonight. And he said, Charles, <laughs> and he said they were running him off screens, and he was getting mm. clobbered. And at one point, Barkley comes by the King's bench and says, You got to get somebody else in here. I'm killing this guy. <laughs> the boy was gassed <laughs> yes, out there. I yes. <laughs> yes. So hopefully those guys aren't uh, working uh, too hard. Mike Brown complaining about the officiating last night. Kyle, the two minute report, however, says, No, nothing to see here. The final two minutes were officiated correctly. Ugh. Disgusting, if you ask me. <laughs> Preposterous, if you will. It, it is. Like, it I is. mean, it, like a clean sheet, basically. Like the final two minutes was, you know, uh, officiated 100% correct. And we all saw the no call when Domas got the ball underneath and Devin Booker rode him like he was Sea Biscuit uh, there uh, yeah. near the basket. And he it's did. Like, he did. And it should have been a foul, it should have been a whistle. And Mike Brown. You know, it was a tough post-game press conference yesterday because it's like uh, you could see that Mike was visibly and clearly upset about the officiating. He wanted to make it a point. But there were other things we wanted to ask him about, you know, throughout the game. But it, it felt like the main central theme was the officiating uh, late in that game uh, was frustrating. And so uh, we'll see, man. I, I can't wait to hear his pregame press conference. Uh, today hopefully uh, he addresses the two-minute report because my thing is if you're gonna have the two-minute report and still not get it right why do we even have it man yeah you know I, I i say get rid of the two-minute report and i know everybody will say oh see nba's trying to cover up something i i don't know it's uh, you know what they need to do I, I, I honestly two, don't <laughs> no no instead of the, just the two-minute report and i know they showed a video uh, you know, you click on the two-minute report, you click on the play at yeah. hand. They showed a video. Have an official actually break down what they're seeing, you know, uh-huh. play by play, frame by frame. Like, all right, here's what, what happened. And they should have the official that was closest to the play or the official that made the call or didn't make the call narrate it and explain what they saw. It's something. Uh, yeah. I mean, we need to do something. Uh, we saw something last night. We all saw it. No one's talking about it. Maybe we need to talk about it next with the Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. There's some radio weighing in here as we get ready for the Kings and the Nuggets. Manny Too Legit on the YouTube chat says today should be winnable, hopefully. Uh, Ryan Williams Art. The two-minute report is like the legislature voting to raise their own salaries. What's the point? Yes, that's really. a good, brilliant. Good point. That's yeah, a good point there. The end says Denver's not going to just lay down with two players out. Get ready for 48 minutes, and then your buddy Campio, uh, you know, he's playing that uh, Nuggets random recall roll call. We've been yeah. talking about Bill Hanslick and uh, Fat Lever. He comes up with he's just Alex English. Alex great, English. Yeah, the great Alex English. Good job, Campio. Yeah, good Alex job. English played. Is there's a movie I think Amazing Grace and Chuck. And he played a Boston Celtic in the movie. It was just a character. And I remember at the time, Julius Irving saying, I would never play a Boston Celtic, even a movie. I don't care what it is. I'm never going to wear a Boston Celtics uniform. Uh, back when rivalries were real. Yeah. Like, there was some real hatred yeah. back in the day. Oh, Yeah, man. now it's like, give me your jersey now. I'll put it on now, and you can have my jersey. <laughs> Kumbaya, yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> you were there last night. I don't know yes. if you noticed this. That They made a point of mentioning it on the telecast. 
Haven't seen anything written about it. There was a point, third or fourth quarter, uh, where Kevin Herter and Coach Brown got into a little bit on the floor. Oh, Did yeah. You, yeah. What, what do you uh, – What is that something we need to address? What do you make of that? Uh, I don't think so. I will say, because I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've witnessed the play. I mean, it was right there in front of me. Okay. Uh, Mike was upset about a defensive uh, miscue, yeah. uh, missed assignment at Kevin Herter. Herter shot back at Mike. Last the Herter seven. went to the bench. And Herter didn't play the rest of the right, night. Right, right. Yeah, he was, he was done for the night. And so, I mean, things happen. Guys blow up. I, I'm not going, you know. Now, if there's some carryover tonight and Herter plays 15 minutes or Mike changes up the starting lineup or whatever it may be. But in the heat of battle, I mean, remember, we saw LeBron give uh, Eric Spolstra, you know, a, a, a shoulder walking back to the bench. And so these things happen. I think what people got to realize, too, is – you know, when you play a sport like this at the highest level, the testosterone is flowing. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're really fired up. You know, the competitive juices come. You want to win so bad. And, you know, sometimes you ain't in the mood to hear what coach got to say. Right. You know, and so I, I don't think we need to uh, get into it a whole lot. I, I will say, you know, if you remember that OKC game, I think it was, and, and Katie made a great point uh, recalling this, Domas and Malika, no, no, Domas and Trey yes. got into it, remember? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so these things happen. You know, it's it's how you work it out. And we saw earlier this season, Mike Brown and Malik get into it. Yeah. They addressed it, you know, the next day or whatever. You know, they talked it out. And so I, I don't think this is anything. Now, if it lingers, if you see something out there tonight, then it becomes an issue. But I, I don't think it's that big. So you don't think it's like Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid? You don't think it's anything like that? No, it, 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 it didn't rise to that level. And even Kelsey came out. I know. And said, yeah, yeah, I crossed the line. On yeah, that one. yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah, it, it happens, man. And, you know, I'm going to give them some grace. I'm going to give Kelsey some grace. I'm going to give uh, Kevin Herter and Mike Brown some grace. Yes. Like, these guys, when, you, it, 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 when you're in the foxhole, when you're battling the way you are, emotions are going to run high. And so, uh, I, I, you know. It happens in the NBA. It's funny you mentioned Monk and Mike Brown, and for some reason I just assume when the both of them say, yeah, I yell at him and he yells at me and then we're fine. I believe it. Right. You know, the way Monk, and you can tell, like they have their moments and then it really truly is fine between those two. Right, and and I've seen those guys, you know, needle each other, rib each other. You know, they they have a unique relationship. I mean, uh, I've been on the bus where, you know, Malik is like, Mike, Let's go. You late. You got to pay up. Like, he'll get on, coach, you know? And, and and Malik is a colorful character, and sometimes he uses colorful language. And so I think they have that kind of relationship that, you know, it's it's all in love. You know, there's it's not personal, you know? Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's something to keep an eye on anyway. And then um, I Reggie Miller said something about how, you know, I had the sound kind of turned down a little bit, but he said, you know, Mike Brown is really, he had a meeting and he's really – uh, laid down the law for Monk and Herter, and they got to be better defensively. And I was like, I haven't heard about anything like that. But that so that was interesting. Uh, but I was wondering if because Mike Brown had gotten into it with Herter a little bit, if that's why after the game he decided, you know what, this is I'm gonna go after the officials tonight. My team just doesn't need. I'm not. He's not afraid of the players, but maybe the coach felt this is the team's going through a lot right now. The last thing they need tonight is for me coming after them publicly. Yeah, exactly, and, and you know. They know, you know, what happened last night, yeah. their shortcomings, what they did wrong, you know, and 
I, I like I said, I thought they competed hard, and, and Mike was, you know, had high praise for his guys actually, and said, you know, he was proud of the way his guys competed. Because if you remember during that game, end of the third, beginning of the fourth, Phoenix went on a run. It was 108-100. I'm like, uh oh, here we go. But then the Kings fought back, and so I, I don't think it was, you know, anything where, you know, Mike, you know, right. when, you know, when he talked to Herder. He was wasn't disappointed or in, no carryover. I just thought, you know what? I was proud of my guys. We lost this one. I mean, it's funny because when I call the games and do play by play, I got the headset on, so I can't hear Mike really, you know, because it's kind of muffled. Mm-hmm. But being there and actually hearing him, seeing him, how he interacts with the players, seeing which plays drive him nuts and not, it, 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 I learned a lot just by sitting there courtside and, and watching as a fan last night. So tonight it's the Nuggets, and we know that so far this year anyway, the Kings have had a recipe for deep frying the Nuggets until they're crispy Ooh, and golden brown. And we'll like look at that. that recipe when we come right back here, Drive Guys <laughs> on Sackdown Sports. <laughs> 